Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'm so hyped right now. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your regular routine. We are the Rain and Jays, all three of us here together at the same time. Jay King, John Corrales, Sam, Jam, Packard, all together to talk about the big Woj bomb today that Paul George and Gordon Hayward are on Danny Ainge's radar at the same time to become Celtics this summer, potentially, hopefully, for the Celtics. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Summer League, a little bit about the awards, a little bit about Bill Russell being awesome. And it's all going to be brought to you by Boston Paintball. They've got a lot of options for all age groups from 8 to 80. If you want, get out there to bostonpaintball.com. They're a great local business that you should frequent. Okay. Paul George apparently is. Part of Ainge's plans, trading for Paul George. Also part of Ainge's plans, Gordon Hayward signing for maybe the Max. Uh, it's not going to be easy to do, guys. But Jay, I mean, what are you what are you hearing from uh, around the Celtics world? What what are the Celtics? What I don't know. I don't know if you know the plan, but what what? Any, can you make anything of this? So, I mean, it's. It, it seems very likely, <laughs> based on all the reports, that they are going after Gordon Hayward and Paul George, the both of them, at the same time this summer. Um, the one thing that, that sticks out to me the most about the reports is, and I'm including Adam Kaufman, who first had some of this stuff, and then, obviously, Adrian Wojnarowski, is the fact that, that both of them at least brought up the fact or the possibility of Paul George signing an extension. And that seems far-fetched to me because to get to clear enough cap space to A, sign Gordon Hayward, and then B, renegotiate Paul George's contract to the point where he'd be comfortable signing an extension would mean gutting basically the entire roster. I think the Celtics are better off getting Paul George without gutting their as much of their roster as they would need to do that. They'd still need to make big sacrifices. But you can hold on to additional pieces if you don't extend him. 
And if you just take him with one year left on his contract and think that the opportunity to play with a star-studded cast for a great young coach in what's known to be a very strong culture would be enough to sway him to forgo his hopes, ideas, whatever, of playing with the Los Angeles Lakers one year from now. So to me, the most likely scenario, the most likely scenario for their dream is signing Gordon Hayward, getting Paul George for the, the, the loan year, and going forward trying to convince him that, that he should sign with the Celtics one year from now, and that Isaiah Thomas, who will also be a free agent one year from now, should sign too. And, and, but then, even then, you get into questions like, how, how much is a roster going to cost? How, how, how much luxury tax is, are, are the owners willing to pay? And so there are, there are questions anyway, but the Celtics obviously are dreaming big this summer, and they're going after multiple big fish, which would be a huge deal, and which I think would be enough to at, at least push Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. Like, I don't know if it gets pat, you pass Cleveland, but that type of roster would scare Cleveland at the very least. Yeah, so let us let me just mention the Adam Kaufman report that you mentioned. According to Kaufman, the Celtics have an offer out there. He says it's an offer for the pick that they got back from Philly in the Fultz trade, which is either the Los Angeles Lakers pick next year if it falls two through five, or the better of Sacramento or Philly's picks the following year, the 2019 draft, provided neither of those is the number one pick. If that's top one protected. Uh, in addition to that, in addition to that one pick, they would get either the Memphis or the, the Clippers pick, Jay Crowder, and then money to match, which would probably be Zeller or Bradley or both. So that's kind of the offer that's out there. Uh, notably, it does not include the Brooklyn Nets pick. It does not include Jason Tatum. It does not include Jalen Brown. So there's that. Am I the only one who still thinks that the Lakers, Philadelphia, Kings pick would be too much if, if George just has one year left on his contract? The other offers that they're getting – probably aren't going to be that much. We've heard the Lakers like 27th and 28th picks plus Julius Randle, who will soon be due, due for a new contract. Like to me, the offer that the Celtics can put together without that pick is probably better than, than the other offers Indiana has is likely to receive. Here's, so that, that pick seems like a lot to me. And, and maybe that's just me. Well, Sam, you must have a hot take on I this. I think you're assuming. What would you say? I said, you must have a hot take. I got plenty of hot takes. One, I don't. Um, <laughs> I, to answer Jay's direct question, I don't think that picks too much because eventually, um, you just got to give something up to to get those guys. And I don't know. I don't personally just thinking about it right now. I don't think the the Lakers pick is going to um, convey next year. I think they're decent enough to not be in the top five. And then the Kings. Uh, I know they're the most inept franchise in the NBA. Well, maybe uh, second after the Chicago Bulls now, but it's. That could end up being uh, just like a, a number eight pick or something. They're, they do they did add some considerable talent to their roster. They have like a pretty good, decent young core. So I don't know like how more valuable that pick will end up being. But my the real hot take uh, is 
I don't know if I'm entirely sold on the idea of bringing both Hayward and George um, to the Celtics. Because if you look at the options, or if you look at the roster of kind of how they would do it, uh, Danger Card actually just tweeted out, there's like two different paths. And basically there's the Marcus Smart path or the Terry Rozier path. But either way, you'd have the big four. Um, but then the bench would just not be that great. You'd have t- In one, you'd have Tatum, Brown, and Smart. And then the other, you'd have Tatum, Brown, Rozier, Yabu. Oh, and you'd have Zizic in both. Either case, you'd have a really young bench, and you'd have to sign probably three to four guys, veterans, to minimum contracts. Uh, and, Jay, you were saying that that team doesn't necessarily put you past Cleveland. It doesn't help when you have a, a, a pretty young bench that's not um, the most seasoned in the world. I just I feel like that team would be pretty weak um, in terms of their depth. And then you have the whole question of the salary cap. Uh, if you have to re-sign George and Isaiah, you basically are putting every your entire back into four players and crippling your depth uh, moving forward. I don't know. It feels like the, the team, it just would be more balanced if you only added one of these stars. I know it's the dream of the Celtics to go out and add everyone, but it's just, I don't know. It, it feels like you're really going for it all in that one year uh, if you try to add both George and um, Hayward. And like you said, you don't even know if that gets you past Cleveland. I got two reactions to can that. Can I make the counter to that? Oh, here, here you go. Go ahead. I got John. two reactions, and you can make the counter. Uh, first of all, on your draft pick, yes, I would give up that pick for a lot of the reasons that Sam said, but also if you think about it, they turned that number one pick into, theoretically if this goes down, they turn that number one pick into Jason Tatum and Paul George. So you get those two guys for the number one pick. They still have the Brooklyn pick next year. If, if you think of it that way, to me, that's palatable. That works for me. But 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 then you're still going to have to give up Jay Crowder and, and yeah. maybe Avery Bradley. Okay. Like there are other concessions to this. It's not like it's a straight up. You're trade turning you're turning you're turning Jay Crowder into Paul George. Okay, and then Avery Bradley. It sucks, but you lose something. You, that's something you lose. So basically, Crowder becomes Paul George, which is a big upgrade, and Avery Bradley goes away. Uh, just for the sake of uh, cap space, and Tyler Zeller's gone anyway. So you throw him into the trade, he gets waived by Indiana, and then he goes off into the abyss. So there's there's that. Uh, I think if you're going to go for, this is my other reaction, if you're going to go for it, then go for it. If you, the Celtics are going to go sign Gordon Hayward there's then and then do nothing, then why bother? Why bother signing Gordon Hayward even? Why not just use that cap space to renegotiate and extend Isaiah Thomas to a palatable contract, a, a nice team-friendly contract, and then you move forward from there and try to, you know, maybe you go a different route and just make all your draft picks and build with the young guys and just be good enough to float along for a little while until all those other young guys, Brown and Tatum, and next year's two picks or three, whatever, become good. If you're just going to get one guy, you're not, gonna, you're not even going to – Sniff Cleveland. If you get both guys, then you are at least on Cleveland's level. And you have defenders that you can still throw at LeBron. And you have at least a a stable of starters and young guys that may, might be able to contribute. Look, your starting lineup in these scenarios, I don't know what Zizic is going to be. 
You, you can plug him in. Maybe he'll be a starter. Maybe they get a mid-level. Maybe they renounce everybody and then bring back Amir Johnson at a $5 million or whatever the mid-level ends up being. Then then you can move forward with that, and you still have Smart and uh, Brown, and then you're going to – the only real question to me is you're going to have to exp- expect a lot from Tatum off the bench, I think, right away. You, you might expect more from him in his rookie year than you did Jalen Brown. And then you you fill out the roster with, I don't know, the Vince Carters of the world to give you good 10, 15 minutes here and there, and and you go with it and you roll the dice. So I think I think I'm in. I'm in on that idea. And if if Paul George goes after the year, then that sucks. But I think this is the gamble when you take when you when you're talking about the gamble and the risk that you want to take this is the gamble that you put Paul George in this situation for a year you hopefully get past Cleveland and you now find yourself in the NBA finals and you turn to Paul George next July and say are you going to pass up a chance to go back to the NBA finals to go to the Lakers or are you going to come back and and try to do this i think it's worth the risk yeah, and what I was going to say is the, the the lack of a bench doesn't scare me at all. Like, when, when you think about, like, having two stars on the court at all times, like, even when you're resting two stars, you would still have two others, whether it's Gordon Hayward and Paul George or Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas. Like, there'd always be two great players to carry you. And... Like, we saw it in 2008 when Rajon Rondo and Kendrick Perkins were kind of nothing. And Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen were all great enough that it didn't matter. You'll get the ring chasers to, to fill out the roster. Jalen Brown will be a year older. He'll be ready for more, more responsibilities. Marcus Smart will be a year older. Maybe his jump shot will be a tick better at least. But, but you still expect him to improve in other ways, even if that doesn't happen. So, so the... It doesn't scare me at all, the depth. What, what, what would worry me if I were the Celtics ownership and front office would be the potential price and the possibility that, that George goes. And now I think the possibility of George going is worth it, worth the risk, because Paul George, one, he's great. Two, you're sacrificing Avery Bradley, who you might not have been able to afford anyway. You weren't going to pay all of Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, and Marcus Smart no matter what. Um, and then Jay Crowder, who obviously is a great value deal, but when you can upgrade to Paul George, yeah, yeah, you do it. To me, like, but you're going to have to pay so much in the future to keep these guys together. And Paul George will be, you know, double double his worth next year or, or close to it. And Isaiah Thomas will be, like, quadruple <laughs> next year. And maybe quintuple. And all these guys... There will be a lot of money that will need to be paid, and luxury tax bills will be insane. And and if, if ownership thinks it's worth it, keep them. Do it. Absolutely. Put, put this squad together. See what happens. And then you groom Jalen Brown. You groom Jason Tatum. You, you groom whoever's the 2018 Nets pick. And you hope that one of those guys at least develops into the type of contributor that can nudge you even further. And... And I, I think Jalen Brown's a good candidate to do that. I think Jason Tatum's a good candidate to do that. I think whoever they get from Brooklyn next year will probably be a good candidate to do that. 
So from a basketball standpoint, hell yes, it makes sense to go after these guys. It's just the money that's scary and the concessions you might need to make in the future, whether it's, you know, do they, do they pay this huge tax bill? Do they move somebody, whether it's Horford or Isaiah Thomas? At that point, it would probably be like, like good decisions to have. Like, okay, we, we, we need to move on from these guys, but we can get so many assets for these guys, and they all have value. And the point, the point of assembling a roster the way the Celtics have is that all these guys have value. And whether it's value on the court or value in a trade, like almost everyone on the entire roster has value. So even moving forward, if they do need to make tough decisions, if they have the guys in place, it's a lot better to have them there than to have to go out and get them. And Danny Ainge might have a path to go out and get two more in Gordon Hayward and Paul George. And maybe it's not enough to beat the Cavaliers. Maybe it's not enough to beat the Warriors after you do beat the Cavaliers. But it's the type of nucleus that can compete and, and with, with the help from the, the young core while keeping those top assets together. Even if you lose the Lakers pick, you still got the Nets pick coming in. You still got Tatum. You still got Brown. It, it's, it would be incredible to kind of be able to keep both paths open, the current and the future, without sacrificing too much of that while getting two legitimate all-star wings. It, it, <laughs> woo! age, man. If, if he put... If he pulls it off, then then a lot of people who have who have said bad things about his lack of aggression in finding a star will have have to go back on their words because he might put together a mighty roster in a week or two. I mean, I I the arguments there. I, I understand adding all the talent. I just it, how much more valuable is Gordon Hayward? Say you can just trade for Paul George into the cap space, maybe giving up someone like Smart and Zeller, and you still have cap space. Is Gordon Hayward that much more valuable than keeping around someone like um, Bradley and Crowder um, for the depth and the defense alone? I feel like a team, basically if you just add Paul George to the current roster, you still have a very competitive team. One that I think would be kind of capable of challenging Cleveland and you don't have to worry about the kind of as much about the future of signing all four of those players. I just think it's kind of, it's wildly ambitious and it would be great to add all that talent. But in terms of just trying to keep both paths moving forward, I understand the argument that you can, you can make trades at any point, but it just seems like it's a, it's a totally all in move um, that doesn't necessarily get you anything and makes it years two, three, and four that much more difficult. Let me ask you guys this. What if it was Blake Griffin instead of Gordon Hayward? See, uh, I, I almost, I'm, I'm weird like this. I almost think Blake Griffin is a better fit. And, and obviously he comes with the injury risks and, and those are big. And, and that, that pushes him below Hayward in, in the, my, my list of free agents for the Celtics. But he, he solves the rebounding problem. He, he, he gives them another playmaker. He, I think his passing next to Horford would just be dynamite. And, and, and to me, like, if you can put together a team that has that type of size and, and then you, know, you don't have all the positional overlap with Brown and Tatum and, and George and Hayward. And, and obviously, like, it's positionless basketball – there's, there's a, plenty of room for wings. Every team needs great wings, a lot of them. But I, I just think if, if Brown, you know, if he emerges, there's going to be nowhere to, for him to go. <laughs> or, or, like, 
like if Tatum emerges, like there won't be too many minutes for these guys to get. And and I, I do think from a positional standpoint and from a rebounding standpoint, Griffin might be better. But then I also have there's another part of me that's like, well, can you play Horford and Griffin both like deep into the playoffs when let's say the Warriors downsize? And these are questions that the Celtics front office literally would have to consider if they put together a roster like that. If the if the Warriors downsize and go to Draymond Green at the five, like can they play both those guys at the same time? And I don't know if the answer to that is yes, and and that's a concern. But like, if, if you're thinking about the finals, and you've got some damn good. It's a hell talent. of a it's a hell of a question, you know. Yeah. So you so you play Blake Griffin at the five, and then you start Jalen Brown at the two. Let's say like, but if that's if that's something, if you're talking about matching up with the Warriors over seven games, then hell yeah, Sam. What do you think about Blake Griffin? <laughs> I'm kind of more intrigued by Blake Griffin um, for a lot of the reasons that uh, Jay mentioned, just because they have so many wings at this point on the roster. Another reason, and it was um, Kevin O'Connor mentioned this in the Ringer podcast today, because of his injury history, he might actually be uh, cheaper than Gordon Hayward because teams may be a little bit more reluctant to give him the max. It sounds like the Clippers may be reluctant to give him that five-year max. So if you can possibly get Griffin at less money, I agree with Jay. Just the amount of playmaking he adds and the passing from the post, just him and Horford together, it sounds like it would be um, it would be magical. And plus, um, Blake Griffin has 13 times the personality Gordon Hayward does, and I would love to see him <laughs> in the Celtics screen. Just that would be a lot more entertaining. How about this possibility out there? I'm just throwing hypotheticals out there like crazy now. Blake Griffin is a free agent. He's got the injury risk. What if Blake Griffin is willing to take a bet on himself and you give him a one plus one and you say, here's your deal. You get, if, if they, if he gets injured, you get a little bit of protection from the Celtics side. If he has uh, a, a season where he plays 75 games, then he gets to opt out and become a free agent again and go chase another payday. And the Celtics, the Celtics would still have to pay him and they wouldn't have any bird rights or anything. So they would just be kind of like in a, the same boat all over again. They risk losing him. Is there a one plus one or a two plus one? So then in a couple of years, it's, it's kind of like a, a self-destruct button. If it doesn't work out and Paul George leaves and, and Blake Griffin ends up leaving, then the luxury tax doesn't matter. You blow it all up. You, then you move Al Horford, then you move Isaiah Thomas, and then you go with the young guys again. Well, I mean, with, with the amount of money they'd have to clear to to fit Hayward or Griffin rather under their cap with the without bird rights, it's 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 tough for me to see the. Plus, I mean, the guy the guy is he's he's injury prone. Like injury prone guys don't typically take take bets on themselves. They they take money. And and he should take money, I think. So I, I don't see that as a legitimate option. I, I do believe that he might be worth less than the max or less than the, the full four-year max. Um, and, and that would be a benefit to, to I guess, all the injury bad luck he's had for this, from the Celtics' perspective. But the other side of that is, like, he really is injury-prone. He's had injuries to, like, every single part of his body. And there's a chance that, that he breaks down over the course of his next contract and that he becomes, like, a very valueless signing at some point. And, and maybe he's a great signing. Maybe he reemerges as a top 10 player, which he has been. But there, there's real risk there that I don't think there, there really is with Gordon Hayward. Guys, can we just take a moment and acknowledge that 
with all this talk, Kelly Olynyk has definitely played his last mo- uh, game as a Celtic, and he might <laughs> even just become an unrest- unrestricted free agent, as Woj tweeted today. I think that's not getting it's not getting enough uh, enough play out there in the world that. The Celtics, even though they talk about like signing Gordon Hayward's going to cost you nothing, they are going to have to give up. Basically, this is the same for. I know you mentioned the big dog coming back on maybe a shorter deal, but him, Jonas Jerebko, and Kelly Olynyk, all kind of pieces for the Celtics. There's no way they can bring any like any of those guys unless they come back on mid-level or for the minimum. All those guys have to go if they want this dream scenario to come true. No, it's true. Yeah, I, I was. There, there would be big concessions. Big concessions. The bounce is real, man. The bounce, the bounce is, real. is real. Bouncing right out of Boston. Uh, the Celtics do have to make a qualifying offer by Thursday for Kelly Olenek, the 29th. So I would expect that they probably make the qualifying offer. And then if if they all of a sudden you hear something about, oh, they've – rescinded the qualifying offer and Kelly Linick is unrestricted. That means, Oh shit, they're signing somebody. Uh, but you kind of cover your bases personally. I think uh, maybe I'm wrong on this. You cover your bases. You give, you give Kelly Linick the qualifying offer and then you kind of see how your off season plays out because if you only get Paul George, then uh, let me just say as an aside, I hear myself say only get Paul George and it almost sounds ridiculous. But anyway, if you only get Paul George, then you have money that that's left over. That maybe you maybe you look at a Linux as a guy who can fill out your bench, and then you start bringing guys back or not giving up certain guys. Or you you'll need Kelly Linux scoring to kind of make up for other things. So I I think the first step is making him the qualifying offer. But the second they rescind that, that means that they're clearing space. That means it. Go time, That's baby. That's the signal. It's like the bat signal. Where do you think Kelly Olynyk ends up? What do you think is a good situation for him? When I just first thought about this, when I, the question entered my head literally 15 seconds ago, my first thought was uh, the Timberwolves have some cap space, and they definitely need some shooting um, after acquiring uh, Jimmy Butler. I agree. Where, where do you think a good fit for Kelly Olynyk would be? I, I think Brooklyn Nets are a good fit. I think they have a lot of money to spend, and – They'll, they're going after guys like Olenek, who are young and talented and can help them out. And they love and his shitty beer fits into Brooklyn so well. He, his shitty beer would go well in Brooklyn. Um, Chicago needs shooting. What else? I think Chicago needs shooting, and they've got space. They only have space if they get rid of uh, Rondo, though, I believe. I'm pretty sure. And even then, they don't, they don't have much space, so... I don't know if Chicago fits. Um, Orlando? Do they have space? That would be a good fit. Like team that desperately needs shooting. Let's look at their uh, cap situation. They uh, they have. Do you really want to bring in Kelly Olynyk so to take playing time away from Jonathan Isaac? Yes. <laughs> no. No, but um, th- this is bad podcasting. I I don't think brainstorming about Kelly Olynyk's future is what the people came to This is what the people want. The people want Kelly Olynyk talk. This is the last time we're going to talk about Kelly Olynyk ever. Shout out to his game seven. Shout out to shout out to the the forever game seven. We'll call that a forever game seven. Nobody will ever take that Oh, you know where he'll go? Uh, Let me check the uh, New Orleans. Do they have money? 
sure, why not? Well, they need they need they need <laughs> shooting around their big guys, and they've got they got they got to make Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins work. And you think you you throw a Linux out there with one or both of those guys? Man, that's a big front line. But yeah, I'm just looking at teams that need shooting. I don't know if he's got the money. But you're right, Jay. Let's move on to a different topic. Okay, so let's 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 wrap this up. <laughs> let's wrap this up as we are. So so Sam, you're kind of on the fence on on Hayward and George. Like if it happens, I'm clearly going to be ecstatic. Like that's a very exciting thing. I'm just a little more cautious about it. I think adding only one of those major pieces, I I like still think that's a major step forward for the Celtics, but obviously adding two would be it'd be cool with me. I just think it it's, it makes the long term a little bit uh confusing. Yeah. I still, I, I think this is just a unique situation. I'm, I'm in on this. I'm, I'm more intrigued. I, I was kind of out on Blake Griffin, but if, if Paul George is in the mix, if they can get him and they get uh, Blake Griffin, I might be, I might get a little excited about that. Even though he's, he's got that injury history. I'm hoping that the Celtics training staff can keep him kind of taped together long enough for him to be, you know, effective. And he doesn't have some kind of freak break in the you know in, in his foot in the playoffs, but um, yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in on this plan, and hopefully it can work out. And Jay, you know what else I'm in on? You're what are you in on? I'm in on Isaiah Thomas getting an All Defense vote. That's <laughs> that's what I'm in on. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of my week was when Isaiah Thomas got an All Defense vote. I I will I will agree. Up until Bill Russell pointed at Dikembe Mutombo, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who else was up there? Alonzo Mourning, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, David Robinson, and, David Robinson the Admiral. and said, I would kick your ass. Like, all of them. That was, to me, the most – that's the highlight of my life <laughs> right there. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in, in, in my life. And it took that level of awesome to top Isaiah Thomas getting an all-defense vote. But, yeah, lots of fun stuff in the awards. Who, First off, I want to think... give a sh- Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Do you guys think Avery Bradley got snubbed yeah. from one of the all-defensive teams? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, who, who are you going to take off of the, for the guards? There's Chris Paul... Tony Allen, I'm blanking the rest of here. Well, uh, I mean, I would even put Clay Thompson ahead of him just for this season. Like, he missed a third of the season. It wasn't like he missed 10 games or 12 games. He so did Chris Paul, though. He missed a third of the season. But, but that's why I said yeah, I would even put Clay Thompson ahead of him. Like, there are other guys I would have put ahead of him. It's just, for, to me, it's, it's really difficult to, to give someone an honor to say he's one of the top four defensive guards of the season when he missed 27 games, one third of the season. And Avery Bradley's great. Avery Bradley, if, if you give me one possession and say lock down this point guard and you, you, you need to stop this guy, I'm sicking Avery Bradley on him and I'm totally comfortable with that decision. I wouldn't even consider anybody else. But to me, like from, from the season perspective, he just missed too many games. I did fully enjoy the outpouring of respect he got, though, from everyone around the league. That was, like, that doesn't really happen like that, where so many guys come out in defense of someone who got snubbed. 
So Avery Bradley, everybody around the league obviously thinks Avery Bradley is just next level as an on-ball defender. Yeah. How, how about Joel Embiid playing 31 games and getting first-team all-rookie or getting rookie of the year votes? All-rookie is I, the I dumbest still... team and dumbest award. All, the, the fact that there's two all-rookie teams is, is like really the dumbest thing because who gives a shit who the six through ten best rookies were? But – I don't know. That's that's my short hot take, and I don't know where I was going with that. But I really <laughs> hate all rookie teams. And I also think Joel Embiid was on such a different stratosphere from every other rookie that even in 31 games, he made more of an impact than the guys on the second team. Like he had more win shares in 31 games than Jalen Brown did in 78, which is which is incredible and astounding, but but also true. Like Joel Embiid was just absolute monster. So. He wasn't even in the same planet as the rest of the rookies. So I'm fine with him being there. But that's like a rare, super rare case. Like there are other great defenders in the league besides Avery Bradley. And He's I actually, don't think the gap, the gap was so big that, that he deserved it with, with that much time off. Joel Embiid's also a third-year player, but let's move on past that. Oh, we're not going back to that argument. Can we just give a quick shout-out? Don't go back to that one. Stay away from that one. Can we give a shout out to Marcelo Nogueira from Olay, um, the man who gave Isaiah Thomas that vote? Can I? I just want to let you know. Is um, that who it was? Yeah. Can I, I go on a little wet here? Go for it. Go, go. Yes. Who the hell is Marcelo Nogueira, and why does he have a vote for this? Like, who, who does he work for? I don't know who he works Olay. for. He works for Olay. Okay, so. Is Olay like this this big media conglomerate? Is is Olay this thing that deserves a vote? Like there are people who cover the NBA on a daily basis, who follow teams around everywhere, and who don't get votes. And meanwhile, we got Marcelo Naguera out here firing Isaiah Thomas for an all defensive vote, putting Lamarcus Aldridge third, third, voting him third for defensive player of the year. And and my man Marcelo's got a vote. Someone needs to rescind that vote. Marcelo next year did we not can't put, have that. Did not put Anthony Davis on the All NBA team at all. But, but gave Al Horford a vote. But he gave Al Horford a vote. And Aldridge, he's a big Aldridge fan. <laughs> second oh, second team oh, All Andrew. Defense and put put Aldridge above Draymond on his ballot. Isaiah Thomas and Steph Curry right all defense. Olay is a Argentinian sports publication that focuses mainly on soccer, but covers some sports events related to Argentina as well. So maybe because Manu Ginobili plays for the Spurs, that deserves an All NBA or an NBA vote. That um, it, it seems pretty legit to me. If he had voted Luis Scola on the All Defense, I would have been pumped, and I would have said he should keep his vote. If he had given Manu some love, I would have been fine. But Isaiah and LaMarcus Aldridge, that's where I crossed the line. Can we, just to make sure we're not coming off as uh, kind of like some, some jingoist people who are just hating on some foreigners, can we also call out Richard Walker of the Gaston Gazette, who left LeBron off his MVP ballot, but then also voted LeBron first team all NBA, voted Hassan Whiteside second team all NBA. Uh, he did some absolutely some crazy things. I'm pretty sure he voted Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan uh, first team all defense and left Rudy Gobert completely off it. This is not just a, a dudes from Argentina thing. 
what the hell is the Gaston Gazette? Like, where, I don't even know what state that is in. There's just it, yeah, there's where, a lot of where is where is that? Is that like I think it's in North Carolina, but like, what the hell? Who is who is Richard Walker? I I have no oh, idea. Man. I have no idea. I like I like your use of jingoistic though. That was nice. I, I did go to an Ivy League school. You you did. Uh, all, all honesty, I I didn't know what the hell that meant, but <laughs> you, I went with it. You also don't I know pretended. who Milton Berle is. This is <laughs> this is true. This is true. Which is a complete inside joke, but I just let's just say that that's. Uh, Jay King doesn't know who Milton Berle is, which I find surprising. I thought he yeah. was famous enough that most people knew him. But guess I'm wrong. I'm not supposed to know 1940s actors. Give me a break. But yeah, the but Gaston you... Gazette, that shit shouldn't have a goddamn vote either. <laughs> I'm looking at their site right now. This is a joke. This is an absolute joke. Get Richard, what the hell was his name? Richard Walker? Yeah, get his bum ass out of here, man. <laughs> no, no more votes for Richard but here's here's the problem and to, to actually take this to a serious place for a second these guys have votes and we're laughing and we're joking and they're funny and whatever and they're stupid but the new cba ties financial incentive to these votes these things mean something now. They're not just fun little awards. These things raise people's salaries. These things have impacts on the cap sheets. All of a sudden, a team, for if, if something like this, now this didn't really impact a ton, but if this, if this vote kept uh, one of these players, if that was the vote that kept Paul George off an all-NBA team and cost him the Supermax, then that's a problem. And and who knows how this will all go down, but as soon as raises and incentives like that and, and cap issues get tied to votes, then the league now has to look at these funny, quirky, th- quirky things that we're making fun of and now take them seriously and have to like revoke those people's votes because those are stupid votes and you have to have people on there that take this seriously now. We yeah. need Jake King yeah. on there. <laughs> nah, my, my man Dickie Walker's got it covered, man. My man <laughs> Dick, Dick Walker. <laughs> Dick Walker. Oh, man. You guys watch the NBA Awards last night? I watched, no. I watched about no. an hour and 15. I got in. Right when Nicki Minaj had her boring ass performance. Oh, that was weird. That would look like a with all the tables set up in front, looked like a real bizarre uh, bar mitzvah celebration. By the way, that venue is terrible. Like where they had it at Basketball City. It's if you been, if anybody's been to a Basketball City, a Basketball City in Boston, they just you you raise the hoops. You might as well have it in a high school gym. Like that place is just a big kind of event like uh just a flat space that they people play basketball on and then they have like little conventions to dress it up for that awards thing it was just that's just a, a poor place to have that and it's out in the middle of nowhere all right but but you guys you guys both screwed up because you guys should have been watching the big three you guys should have been watching my man ricky davis out there strutting before he was strutting while dribbling before missing a game-winning jumper. Like, Ricky Davis was on another level. 
Rashard Lewis has still got it. You guys should have been out there watching the big three. That that was a huge mistake. I was so out on the big three until I saw it on TV, and now I'm I'm a hundred percent invested in the big three. I'm going to be the big three's biggest fan. Give me more <laughs> big three all summer long. I'm not trying to see some old ass dudes get hurt and like no, pull their hamstring. No. No, it's awesome. It is awesome. It is Mahmoud Abdul Raouf at like 47, pulling up from like five feet behind the arc, still in great shape. It's it's Jason Williams, white chocolate and out there, like making plays, even though he got he hurt. He got hurt. He that. left. Like Kwame Brown was just bruising against Ivan Johnson, who's always liable to like go fucking wild. Richard Lewis hit a game winner and then was just chirping, chirping, chirping Ricky Davis. I'm so all in on the big three. I hated the idea of it. I thought it was so stupid until I saw it in action. And the big three is fun to watch. I swear to God. No, sorry. I'm not. I know it doesn't excite me. The only old person shooting I want to go see is me playing paintball at Boston Paintball. So if you want to do what I'm going to do and go to Boston Paintball, then you got to go to bossandpaintball.com and check out their three locations in Chelsea, in Maynard, and in Ashland. In Chelsea, you can go to indoor and night play. In Maynard, you got outdoor competition in Woodsball Fields. In Ashland, you've got the real-life 23-building apocalyptic cityscape so you can live out your Walking Dead fantasies. And this is good for everybody 8-plus. If you're bringing your kids... They got Splatmaster, this thing that you can go check out. I'm sure Splatmaster could be used to describe some of the events in the Big Three basketball, but it's also (laughs) there for your paintball. You got classic paintball for kids as young as 10, and private and group play is an option for all of us. These guys have been around for more than two decades. They started back in 1992 in the shadows of the old Boston Garden, back in the old rickety parquet, that hot box that Red Arback used to steam teams out in, those guys were right next door. This is a local business run by Celtics fans, season ticket holders. So if you're looking for something fun to do, don't go watch the, the big three. Go to Boston Paintball and check them out at any one of their three locations. If you go to bossandpaintball.com, you can check out video tours of each facility to help you make the decision, and then you can make your reservation online while you're there. Use the coupon code GREEN when you're booking to get $50 off a group package. That's bossandpaintball.com. Use the coupon code GREEN to get $50 off your group package. Let them know that you heard it from us when you go check them out. Fall has arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Savings on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. So do that, and then I guess if the big three comes on and I'm bored, then maybe I'll watch it. But by then, Summer League's going to be on. No, you you need to tape that shit. You need to watch it, man. Big three is the real deal. I'm telling you, I hated the idea. It, it It's already part of my life. <laughs> 
Is it better than the old and one mixtape tour? Oh my god, it, it's infinitely better. I hate it. Do they that. have an MC? Do they have an MC with a microphone standing at half court yelling? Whatever. Uh, they yelling? have. They have Michael Rappaport like awkwardly asking sideline interview questions. That makes sense. Oh, well, that, that makes sense. I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah, and like Gary Payton mouthing off from the sidelines, like chirping at the ref and screaming at people. I'm telling you, it is electric. Electric television. And some of the guys can still play. Rashad Lewis still kind of has it. He's legit. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard somebody say Rashad Lewis is uh, legit in a long, long time. All right. I need Hedu out there. <laughs> Steroided up Hedu Turkaloo? Yep. Pizza it up. All day. <laughs> uh, Summer League is coming up soon. Like, in a few days. They're going to be in Utah. When do you go to Utah, Jay? Uh, I leave this July 2nd, so... Sunday. They start practice Thursday, maybe? Ante Zizic is in Boston. Ante Zizic is in Boston. He's real, and he's playing, guys. He's here. Cue up the It's All Happening gif. Uh, Zizic is here. They're going to... I don't know who else. We're going to get to see Tatum. We're going to get to see all these guys out there. Uh, Jalen Brown's going to play. They'll play in Utah, then they'll play in Vegas. Jay, 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 I have a question. Who is that guy they drafted from um, SMU? What's his name again? Shimmy Ojale. I got it, baby. I, oh. I've been working on pronouncing his <laughs> name for days. Yeah, you won that, man. You won that exchange. You, you didn't expect that one. I, I, I was looking at the, the pronunciation form that NBA handed out. I'm ready. I'm ready, baby. Shimmy Ojale. Well done. Well done, sir. That's a professional. That's why this man deserves an, an NBA vote. Yeah. I think that's the first name I ever learned. I still Dick can't Walker say Gershon. Say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, man, my man Dickie Walker, there's no way he would have he got Shimmy Ojale's name in, in just one week. Do we know who's coaching the summer league? Is it um, Laranaga again? Is it Micah Shrewsbury? Is it Morrison? It's, I know it's... It's Jerome Allen and my man Walter McCarty. Ooh, I know it's been it's yeah. been Larinaga for the past few years. Yep, they're giving they're giving different guys a chance. Give I love Walter. We might have might be handing out some Tommy points to the sideline this love year. It. Love it, big time. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be watching that. Uh, we'll be watching for whatever happens in the next few days. With all of this Paul George, Gordon Hayward thing, which, by the way, I still I think, and I wrote this on RedsArmy.com, I think that this story was planted by the Pacers. I think the Pacers are trying to drum up interest and trying to drum up some sort of bidding war because Paul George stole all of their leverage and they've got nothing and they have to take pennies on the dollar for him. And the only way to regain any sort of leverage and squeeze any sort of real assets out of Danny Ainge is to get the Lakers to think they might not get Paul George next summer. Right now, they're sitting there thinking, no matter what happens, we got him. He's going come to come to L.A. And if they can, if the Pacers can get uh, the, the Lakers to get into a little bit of a bidding war and start, start offering something, I, and I don't even know what, but... If they can draw them in, then I think that's their plan to get something good out of out of Danny Ainge. That's my that's my little conspiracy theory. 
So, so you think like Kevin Pritchard is hitting up Kaufman? That's right. Well, I think, I think, <laughs> I think Woj's. You never know. I think Woj's sources. I think Woj's story came from. I think it came from the Indiana side. Not that he's gonna fall for anything, but you know he's got sources everywhere. He's got sources everywhere. So I, I just think, look, the the way the way it was written, the way it all came out, it just smelled like a planted story. Not planted, but a story that came from Indiana's perspective, and it, it makes sense a few days before free agency to try and drum up the interest and 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 drive up offers. That's just my take. We'll see. All right. We'll wrap it up there. Unless uh, this is normally the time where Sam Packard swoops in and says, no, I got one more thing. This is um, always the time where, where Sam swoops in. Uh, my brother just sent me a YouTube clip that just says Bill Russell re- laugh uh, compilation. I've not had the chance to watch it, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be hilarious because Bill Russell's laugh is like magic. It is like magic. Unless, unless you're having a bad trip. And then it could really be disturbing. I think that would might pull you out of a bed. <laughs> it might. It might. It might ground you. It might be like, ooh, this is something good in the world. I'm not uh, a drug I'm abuser. I'm, I'm not a drug abuser like like my co-host. Yeah, I'm, you, you don't even know who Milton Berle is. I don't think so anyone knows really. Who have Milton you won Berle in the end? Is, man. Everybody knows who Milton Berle is. To all the Rain Jays right, listeners, can you just send? The pictures of Milton Berle to Jay King uh, when you hear this, just so he finally learned. He, you learned Shemi Ajule, or whatever his name is. You can learn who Milton Berle is. Milton Berle, Dicky Walker, <laughs> fucking Marcelo Naguera. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care about any of these guys, man. <laughs> uh, I care about Boston Paintball, so go to bostonpaintball.com to book your group package and get 50 bucks off with the coupon code green. Thank you for frequenting our sponsors. That's always a big help. That's uh, it's a, it's a good way to make sure that we keep getting paid. And uh, if we get paid and make money, then we can buy better mics and stuff. So all you people complaining about the audio problems, sorry, we're trying, we're trying Uh, for the rest of you. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for rating us five stars and giving us good reviews on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out here for you most days, five days a week, most weeks. If not, it's going to be at least three or four. And with free agency coming up, you'll definitely get bonus stuff when something happens. You'll get uh, stuff from Summer League. We're going to be in Utah. I know I'm going to Vegas. I know Sam's going to Vegas. We're going to crash that Vegas party. One way or the other, we're going to get in there. And we'll have stuff for you throughout the summer. Thanks for telling your friends about us. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales. Locked On Celtics. Hi. 
you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. Right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.